Hey everyone, just a reminder that we are recording remotely while we're quarantined, uh, so the sound might be slightly compromised, but hopefully not too bad. Enjoy! Welcome to Feminists Without Mystique, a podcast where we process politics, sex, and the unrelenting firehose of bullshit in the news through an unapologetically feminist lens. Normally, we start each week by venting about the news, going deep on one important issue, calling out terrible things happening below the top headlines in a segment called We See You, and then we end with something hopeful. But it's November 4th, 2020, so we're just going to talk about the election. <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna talk about the election. <laughs> mm. Yeah. How are you doing, babe? How's it been? <laughs> um, well, in a word, bad. <laughs> um, that's, a good, that's a good descriptor for it. <laughs> yeah, I think that um, last night someone, Bethany Albertson, summed it up on Twitter well when she said, I think the Democratic sadness you're seeing on social media isn't fatalism or resignation to a Republican win. It's sadness that we're not seeing a full-scale repudiation to Trumpism. Um, Exactly. Yeah. And that just like, you know, I think I'm feeling lots of things that we'll get into, but as we're sitting here and it does look like the AP is just called Wisconsin for Biden, which is good. Um, but it's all on razor edge and it looks like we'll likely not take back the Senate. Uh, and margins are all really close and nothing. I'm, I'm just, I'm so disappointed in my fellow citizens and to basically have the confirmation that this is, These results were not a fluke in 2016. There really, there are a lot of people who are mobilized by the hateful, ignorant, downright, bitter, mean, uh, and brash rhetoric of Trump. And nothing that he says or does that continues to support the fact that he is someone who continues to break rules. He benefits personally from the office. He has reinvented the swamp in a worse way than has ever existed before Mm with, you know, cronies. He's a race baiter. He's toxic. He has embarrassed us on, uh, on the world stage. Um, None of that matters to his supporters. And in fact, it's actually seemed to mobilize even more of them this time around. And that's, that is deeply, deeply distressing. Oh, it's beyond disturbing. It's like we knew because of the mail-in ballots that some states would probably take a hot minute to count. But I was really hoping for election night there to just be this irrefutable blue wave, <laughs> you know, people coming out and being like, no, Americans stand up against this. <laughs> um but that's not quite what it's. I mean, there are some instances where, you know, you see some progression towards Democrat in certain areas and certain, you know, Mm -hmm. like there are certain isolated instances of like, okay, but overall it was just like, yeah, we're still looking at Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham and probably Mitch McConnell being the majority, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, 
and it's just upsetting that it's so close. It's like, how is this country ever going to get better when so many are down for someone like Trump, you know, like beyond an awful person, rife with racist, misogynistic, all the bad things, policies and words. And he's not even good at his job. Like Mm -hmm. he hasn't done well by the economy or the American people fucking COVID pandemic. So it's like, how awful or ignorant or like what what is happening why (laughs) yeah why it's so it's so bizarre to me i mean we just watched we've watched him mismanage the pandemic to such a horrific extent that we're now in a in the worst wave yet um it's it's early like the cases are rising but the deaths haven't caught up but still almost a hundred thousand cases are being recorded a day of covid and over 220,000 americans have died this year um we don't have a vaccine we're we're not you know and he's he's trying to undercut his you know the fauci and other public health experts as he has all year he continues to foment distrust of inst- long held and long trusted institutions whether it's different federal agencies or the post office which we'll get into mm-hmm. um the cdc i mean this the fact that it it's not clear it can't be understated, like how, how just like on just body and soul, how devastating this is after four years. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. It's like, I kind of thought like, okay, Biden wins or like if Trump wins, I'm like, gotta go to Canada. And it's like a lot of people say that and like kind of joke about it, but I like, I have a plan. I can get there in two years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on how certain things go on like a nurse visa um, and bring my family. But now it's like, it seems like Biden's going to win and that's great. But how... <laughs> how are we ever going to get to those people? It's like, you'll get places like where Mitch McConnell beat out Amy McGrath and Lindsey Graham beat out Jamie Harrison and stuff. And mm-hmm. it's like the Democrats had all the money in the world mm-hmm. and two good, I mean, Jamie Harrison, particularly a good candidate, um, mm-hmm. kind of perfect candidate yeah. actually. Yeah. Um, and you see the outcome. So it's like, even with all those resources, it's like, you know, maybe the question is, is like, what, you know, are their strategies working or the, is the question like, are there just no strategies for some people, you know? Right. Some people are just never going to come around <laughs> to how decency. Many, yeah. How many of those people like are now like also having kids who are going to be indecent, like um, ignorant, <laughs> like, you know, scourge of, democracy type citizens. I mean, I mean, how, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how, I don't know how you, how you reach those people. It's really scary. And we did like, it's worth just like absorbing the losses, the McGrath and Harrison losses between the two of them, Democrats and spent, almost a billion dollars it was like yeah. 88 i forget what the exact number was or but it was a lot mm-hmm. i gave them um, both money <laughs> me too I'm, i can't 
And I will say like one of the more devastating things that happened, I guess, like about an hour ago, maybe, maybe longer, who knows, um, was seeing that Susan Collins is going to be back. Um, because Maine went for Biden. I don't understand mm-hmm. who in Maine, white women, um, <laughs> are sitting there and going, I'm going to split my ticket. I'm going to vote Biden. And then mm-hmm. I'm going to vote for a woman who has sold out other women mm-hmm. at every single chance she gets, including most prominently the Christine Blasey Ford. She is responsible for Brett Kavanaugh in that seat. And she's going to be in there for another six years being a complete asshole. Like it's going to be so hard to watch Susan Collins, Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell just continue to spout their absolute trash. (sighs) Yeah. It's, I don't, I don't know how we're going to, how we're going to get anything done with the, without getting, you know, we were, we were also hopeful about turning the Senate. Yeah. Flipping the Senate. I mean, we're going to keep the house and that is good, but like we kind of had that as, as assumed as we could assume anything, which is of course you can't assume anything, but Mm -hmm. it's just going to be so much harder to get anything done. It's like Mm -hmm. Obama had to deal with that. And, you know, there was still a lot he was able to get done, but there was so much resistance he was met with because of Mitch fucking McConnell. (laughs) And they're going to... I wanted him to lose before he died, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Just no. I'm not wishing death on him. I'm just saying in the timeline of his life, whenever he was going to die, I just w- would have liked for him to have experienced this loss first because he's done so much harm and he just gets off on the power and being in charge. And I just want him to feel like the little man he is. Yeah. I'm, I'm so exhausted of watching the bad guys keep winning. Mm-hmm. Um, these people who in the Senate and of course Trump and his entire administration have absolutely no respect for, I mean, for people who tout the rule of law, you know, Mm -hmm. his administration has no respect for it. And then there's no um, fealty to democracy, to letting the, the, the process play out. I mean, Mitch McConnell's entire reason for being has been to not actually do his job or pass any actual laws. I mean, under his leadership, quote unquote, there have been so few laws passed. It's historic how little has actually been done. Um, And he's going to have no incentive to do anything under Biden because he'll just continue his bullshit. Um, And I think it's just like understanding like the cumulative, uh, fact that like if someone so obviously atrocious like Trump and these these senators there if if we can't get them out under these circumstances in the middle of a pandemic when the economy is the worst it's been in generations and you know Trump was impeached and is obviously corrupt and there's just so many so many problems uh and it's, it's so unproductive uh, like, are we ever going to be able to, and in yeah. our lifetimes, I mean, it's like, are we ever maybe in someone else's lifetime, but in our lifetime, 
what about in our childbearing years? Like we're about to, mm-hmm. you know, I, I deeply resent that like our, the years of our thirties are going to be what continuing to have to scream at the top of our lungs and call Congress on speed dial and then still lose and then yell at our relatives via Instagram. And then like, think about seriously moving to a different country and not being able to like live our lives in a way that with confidence that the arc of the country is going to bend towards justice. Cause right now we're, this is a, this is just like gasp after gasp of hate and white supremacy. And it's exhausting. It's like, It's beyond exhausting. And it's like in, does this mean in four more years, let's say things start to kind of turn around positively, you know, will those kind of independent voters as quote unquote moderate Republicans just vote for whoever the Republican candidate is then? Is that candidate going to be Ivanka Trump? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like what does this say for the future? And it's like the, I'm over, you know, I'm feeling discouraged, but I think the things that I look at that make me feel better is when I look at places like Arizona, mm-hmm. we turned around. It's like where you look at, even though there were those losses with Texas, with fucking Mitch McConnell and Z Graham, it's like there's, there's ground game and there's democratic base party. Like things are, when you compare the numbers in these places to like four years ago and four years before that, mm-hmm. you know, there are some a lot of places where you are seeing, you know, move, movement in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a matter of like, I think, um, in the next four years, like who's gonna, <laughs> who's gonna come out, you know, mm-hmm. on top of all of this, because it's like how much of that movement though is because of the, how extreme Donald Trump is, you know, like, is that, is that movement? Can we count on that trend continuing? Or is that trend only explained by the fact that Donald Trump is the Republican candidate? You know, it's like, are they truly moving left or are they, you know, holding their nose and moving left for one election because it's Donald fucking Trump and fascism on the Mm -hmm. ticket. And -hmm. there's some people who see that. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. IDK. I wish I did. Okay. But I don't. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And if we continue to be in such hopeless gridlock with Biden as president and unable to get a majority in the Senate, are we just like slow walking ourselves, you know, into some sort of just just chaos where we're mired in this unproductive gridlock for a generation or longer um, and where we're at each other's throats arguing about the phrases like black lives matter and defund the police and people are looking for someone to blame. And it's easy. You know, I think it's, it's, it feels super easy for some people to have like just the, the laziest hot takes about why X, Y, and Z things have happened. Um, But I do look around and see us just falling so far behind Europe and other, you know, and Taiwan and South Korea. I mean, we're just, nothing is, nothing is working. Like from like the train systems to our actual democracy. We're so broken. (laughs) Contact tracing. Like we're broken in every 
space. Um, and we're like chained to this cinder block being like, no, this is the electoral college that our founders wanted. Mm. And it's so tricky to change anything in a real way structurally. And the only shot at that was going to be getting the Senate so that we could really, and then that, and then it was going to be a challenge of like convincing Diane Feinstein and like, you know, Nancy Pelosi and people who are very like establishment mm-hmm. plus Biden, who's the definition of a, an establishment person yeah, to actually move on these progressive policies that we want. <sighs> it's uh, going to be tough. And who's he going to put in his cabinet if he wins? Um, yeah. And yeah, how much will he be able to get done? Because it's like, I could see some quote unquote moderate moderate Republicans working with Biden on like water and like maybe like watered down gun reform, maybe like maybe Mm -hmm. not even that because the NRA, but things like that, you know, like kind of things that the American population is, is really behind that are really, you know, common sense and agreeable. Maybe some like, you know, endangered act, animal acts coming yeah. back. <laughs> you know, but hopefully, you know, hopefully there can be some movement on like healthcare and COVID. Yeah. And like, I think COVID relief, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we can get enough Senate, you know, cooperation on, on that front. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely big worries about, you know, civil rights. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, access to abortion, police defunding, um, you know, event with the Supreme Court, gay marriage, and also these things. <laughs> like, it's all so, it feels like it's, yeah, everything's on the table. And even though it looks like Biden's going to win, thank fucking God, but also who knows, but mm-hmm. It's just there's such a long road ahead, you know, not even considering like, you know, the lawsuits that Trump's already doing to try and um, (laughs) kind of adjust the results Mm -hmm. of the election. Yeah. Um, I think it was Michigan. He, uh, yeah, he filed a lawsuit in Michigan, I guess, today um, saying that because like the Trump campaign wasn't observing the counting process in parts of Michigan, as is their right. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, um, and they're, you know, the Trump campaign's planning on more lawsuits and they're going to challenge the Wisconsin results. And it's just like, so let's say Biden wins and then now he has to, you know, fight all these challenges and hopefully is successful there. And then, you know, there's a challenge of the Senate. So it's just, and the Supreme Court and all the justices. It's just, there's so many... There's so many fucking challenges. Yeah. I was just hoping, hoping things would move a little bit more in the swing, a little bit more the pendulum in the direction of justice. Um, but it did, and of course, granted, we have a lot of mail-in ballots coming, which will skew Biden. But it's still, I don't think, going to be <laughs> um, what we were hoping for. No, right. I, I and it's worth noting too that the the a lot of the issues that we're facing today and that we faced last night had to do with um, Republican held state Senate, state Congress uh, Congresses that were that are gerrymandered in the Rust Belt, mm-hmm. Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin, and um, where we had elect like state officials. Um, begging to be able to 
count absentee ballots first as they came in. And Republican Senate, Republican Congresses said no. And then if, you know, if the governor tried to override it, like Tony Evers, they were like, they challenged it in court. And in a lot of cases, because the courts are heavily skewed conservative, thank you, Mitch McConnell, Mm -hmm. um, those efforts were blocked. So when you kind of wonder why the absentee ballots weren't counted earlier, it's because they were prevented from being counted earlier. And when you think about logically, what is the reason for that? The only reason is to promote chaos and to skew things to look one way mm-hmm. when, you know, more, the more information, the so- more like reliably, the sooner, the better. And this type of situation could easily be avoided. It's, 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 a problem that we don't have something that's more federal in terms of the way that ballots are counted and reported, but that's for a problem for another day. But it's very frustrating that, especially knowing that there are extenuating circumstances with this pandemic where people are trying to, you know, vote early, save their, save their own lives, trying not to prevent mm-hmm. pandemic spread that we, we still have such trenchant partisanism part, part, you know, partisanship that, uh, we couldn't get ballots counted earlier. And then we get to, we arrive at the problem with Louis DeJoy, the postmaster general and the post office Uh. (laughs) defying court orders yesterday um, to provide, to deliver ballots on time and getting in trouble in various swing states, by the way, it's not like we're seeing these issues in Washington state or fucking, you know, Oregon, it's Pennsylvania, it's Florida, it's Georgia, it's Michigan, it's Wisconsin. Like, and Arizona, it's literally like they targeted these places to be less productive, to deliver less ballots. And I think there's over 300,000 ballots in, I think, Pennsylvania specifically that haven't been delivered. Was it Pennsylvania? There's, I know it Miami-Dade in Florida. Oh, Florida. Okay. Yeah. That's, hey, Florida, I mean, I don't remember what the exact, uh, it's probably a bigger margin than that in Florida because like, <laughs> fucking Florida. But 300,000 votes you know, that is important. The margins in some of these places um, and the boldness of the USPS to defy a court order, to be non-compliant, to rush, deliver all the remaining ballots to, you know, so that they could be counted yesterday. Mm -hmm. Travesty. It shouldn't matter who is in who is president, you know, but the, but emboldening these people to just take these thuggish mafia like moves, um, to try to prevent things or slow them down enough to confuse people so that chaos can become a ladder for them again is absolutely unacceptable. Yeah. It's, and you know, you had Trump, you know, talking shit about the, you know, yes, the, the mail service, basically mail and voting kind of just preparing to make the case for, you know, some sort of issue, some fraud or some, something that means that he should have won states where he lost. And like you said, that order by the judge, by the judge to the USPS to sweep, it was 12 processing facilities in 15 states Mm. and all like swing states, like you said. And, um, apparently this morning the judge says that, uh, Louis DeJoy has to be deposed or impair in DC over the USPS situation. So I'm glad that 
at least he's being held accountable and like mm-hmm. some levers of our system are still kind of working in the right way. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it happened at all and that this could, you know, because like you said, the 300,000 in Miami Dade probably wouldn't make, it wouldn't make a difference likely, but what about these other 15 states? You know? Yeah. And then Louis DeJoy had the gall to say that they only found 13 undelivered ballots yesterday. It's like, that's not true. Yeah. Your you're own. just lying. You said there are 300,000 that like they received entry barcode scans at facilities, but not exit scans. So basically they were received. Mm-hmm. They weren't fully up. So <sighs> facts are fickle things, you fucking asshole. Like that is the type of thing that makes me, you know, when I think about when I try so hard, although I'm not trying that hard, but mm-hmm. I actually do think that my brain has been trying hard to be positive. And unfortunately it's just been sort of subsumed by reality. Um, yeah, as, as we'll do that. <laughs> yeah, like I'm just taking in the facts. Um, and every time I've been hopeful, I feel like I've been slapped down. It's like, oh, not that Senate race, not that Senate yeah. race, you dumb dumb. Um, but I, you know, if Biden does eke out this presidency, um, I'm gonna just think about all the people who will not be in power, like Attorney General Barr, like goodbye, uh, you know. Bye. And like lots uh, of different like Betsy DeVos, like we'll oh, have like bye Betsy, and that'll be so important. Like yeah, uh, poor kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and hopefully, no. Healthcare, I mean, I, maybe some good stuff. Fingers yeah. crossed. Uh, fingers crossed. I mean, well, Republicans though in the Senate are just gonna oh, fucking no. block everything. But maybe if we like harass them all. I'm already thinking about 2022 and then that, and like how we could possibly take the Senate in 2022. Like, how would that look? I know Marco Rubio's up, but I have to look and see what else is going on. Um, It's, it's disappointing. It's deeply, deeply. I don't, (laughs) I, I don't know how we get anything done with a split Senate, but maybe if we narrow that margin a little bit so that it's really like, you know, if we could get Lisa Murkowski on board for a couple of things and I guess, Susan Collins, although she's uh, fucking awful. I know. Like, so many more years. Maybe if we focus everything on Georgia, those Georgia runoffs, obviously, and Gary Peters, I'm so like, uh, that's a nail biter, whether or not he's going to be able to keep that Michigan race, um, that Senate seat. Yeah, it's, it's hard. It's still too close to call. Oh. Um, yikes. And Mich- I mean, yeah, I'm glad Biden's ahead in Michigan. Mm-hmm. It was the last time I checked, he was ahead 49.6% to Trump's 48.7% with 94% reporting. Um, yeah. And yeah, in Georgia, there was the, the <laughs> fucking burst pipe at the yeah. site in Fulton County where they were counting absentee ballots. So that like delayed things. Um, we don't know what'll happen in Georgia yet. No. So we're waiting on a big wave of Democrat votes. Oh and my God. Fingers crossed on that because oh, have they called that Cal Cunningham race yet? It's looking like he's going to lose, which is like he, because for, he was such a careless ass hat earlier and couldn't, couldn't resist sending a couple of pathetic, like, lovey-dovey tweets to someone who, or texts to someone who's not his wife, we're all, you know, the whole Senate is in the balance. And there was this fucking idiot who has campaigned on family values and being an Iraq veteran. And it's like, well, if that's what you're hanging your hat on, and then it turns out that you were so 
you know, those, those were so thin, <laughs> those values yeah. were so thin that you, I want to kiss you. You know, you're sending this to like a campaign advisor right before your fucking election, you idiot. Like yeah. I want him to win, but I also feel like you didn't, you don't really deserve to win. You, I mean, yeah. I want you to win, but like you are costing, you might cost us like tons of policy proposals. You idiot. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty awful. It's, it hasn't been called yet, but he's yeah behind 46.9% to 48.7. So with um, that's, that's 93% reporting. Yeah. So it's narrowing. It's narrowing without that, without the, you know, if, if Ossoff yeah. actually loses instead of it going to a runoff um, in Georgia. <sighs> yeah. I forgot to take Advil before we were recorded. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. Um, Nevada looks promising. Uh, Biden has, like, a small lead, but, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, of course, the the ballots that are counting now are going to lead Democrats, so it's promising. North Carolina, Trump's narrowly ahead, but the ballots that arrive through November 12th will lean Democrat as well there, so, like, that's still kind of up for grabs we don't know mm. um pennsylvania is going to take a while because mm. <laughs> you kind of mentioned the uh normally they start counting those mail-in votes 7 a.m the day of the election and this year they were like no nah. <laughs> they were like next then, tuesday <laughs> yeah we'll start yeah so who knows with pennsylvania um you know trump's ahead before uh before it's all in, but there's a shit ton that needs to come in and it's like going to skew Biden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We don't, I mean, Alaska's probably almost definitely going to go to Trump, but we won't know for a while. <laughs> I know. And there's also like a really interesting Senate race there with Al Gross. So I was sort mm-hmm. of like keeping my fingers crossed that maybe he could, you know, he was a long shot. No one talked about him. Yeah. And at this point, it sounds stupid for me to even like, why am I even saying anything? It's <laughs> like, <laughs> Uh, why am I keeping a little flame for Al Gross? Just alive? keep wishing and hoping, uh, you know. <laughs> we flipped the Arizona seat with Mark Kelly, which, you we know, did. is great. Okay, Arizona. Arizona is such a weird little state I used to call Hope. Yeah. Uh, what a weird what a weird place, but happy with what they've done this time yeah. around. And then, you know, yeah, we mentioned Wisconsin's looking great. Um, we flipped Colorado, or like yeah. the Senate seat. Yeah, we flipped the Senate seat in Colorado. Republicans flipped um, a seat in was it Alabama. Yeah, yeah, which is too bad. But and just Alabama. a note, like a note on that. I just want to say thank you to Doug Jones because I think of his face, and I think of like one of the few, one of the that was the first win that we got after a Trump election, mm-hmm. and it was so dark and seeing that come out of Alabama was like a bomb that was so needed. And I just remember feeling like, you know, cry, like crying a little bit and just feeling like sometimes good things like miracles do happen. Just like, yeah. and I'm not that that was even mirac- It was miraculous for Alabama, but it was just to, yeah. So thank you to Doug Jones for showing us that that's possible for doing that, for being, you know, the person that he is. And I hope that he has, a successful like continued career helping yeah. to make Alabama better. Yeah, here's to you buddy. Cheers mm-hmm. my coffee. <laughs> yeah, cheers. I'm just like I'm just yeah. scrolling to see if there's Oh, and because when we think about like 
where we're at. And I don't know, I, in Seattle, I don't know about you, but I, I have been feeling like the threat of, of violence has actually been pretty um, real uh, mm-hmm. in this city specifically. Um, and it was focused on um, one of the gun gun shops outside of uh, Bellevue, outside Seattle, um, mm-hmm. and how the Seattle suburbs are like, well, once you get to outside of the city here, it gets pretty rural pretty quickly. Um, <laughs> lots of Confederate yes. flags, even though we're not part of the Confederacy in any play, point. So, mm, wonder what that's about. Yeah. Um, but people are like, gun sales are through the roof, and there's been... Um, when you look at the map of um, places like domestic terrorist organizations at the Southern Poverty Law Center tracks, like we have quite a few here in Washington State and Oregon in rural areas like the Proud Boys and the Boogaloos and I forget the other like three percenters or something. I forget what they're called. Um, and there's just been anecdotal stuff that like I personally know someone who was hospitalized because of violence, uh, unprovoked violence by Proud Boys a couple of weeks ago. They were just in the city starting shit, looking to start shit. Um, And those types of kind of reports make me nervous, especially knowing that like, knowing the history of the last few months here and just, I just worry about the civil unrest and Mm -hmm. it makes me nerves. Yeah, it's like there are kind of murmurings of like, will there be a civil war? <laughs> um, which is just, oh, good fucking God, I hope not. But um, yeah, I've certainly, I hate guns. I wish, you know, legally it's like fine. I'm cool with like hunting guns or whatever, even though I'm a vegetarian. Look at me. Wow. Look, understanding <laughs> other people do things I don't. Great. Um, but personally, I'd wish there were just like none ever anywhere. I hate them. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I think about like going to get some lessons and because mm-hmm. I just don't know what's going to happen because we're in the middle of living history and uh, I don't know. We don't know what, what to expect from other people and to an extent. Um, so we'll see what happens to our democracy. Yeah. Um, because people were, you know, I saw people on the right, like on Twitter being like, oh, if, you know, if Trump wins, the violent left, blah, 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 blah. But it's like, I'm worried about Biden winning, like what Proud Boys are going to do, you know, with those kinds of people like you're talking about who mm-hmm. are actively inflicting violence in Seattle and all over the country right now. Like, <laughs> yeah, who stand back and stand by, right? Or stand down and stand by, like... Yeah. And you do not, you do not see that type of violence for people on the left. I understand that there are small factions of people who I would say, I guess like anarchist maybe is the sentiment, maybe most like, but it's not an organized group. There are no like organized really like groups of domestic terrorists on the left that are chasing people down Mm. chasing political buses. Like what happened in San Antonio with the Biden truck this weekend where the Republicans were like, stop bothering us. There was nothing wrong with that. When it's like, they they were a bunch of Trump trucks that tried to run a Biden bus off the road. That's, that's, that's a problem. Serious. Um, and so there's all of like that emboldened violence. And I, I, I am going to start and put like, start copying and pasting all these instances I see into like a notepad, because Mm -hmm. I do think that, um, at least from my conversations with relatives that are conservative, they don't, 
necessarily see that and think that the violence is coming from like Black Lives Matter activists. And um, I think that, I think that a lot of people on the right, people on the right, and then people who don't have any political affiliation except to just foment more chaos um, or have, you know, saw those, we've talked about this at length, but like they see um, protests and civil, like potential civil unrest, and then they exploit it for the sakes, for their own, for whatever reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't think that there's a sentiment on the left that is anything close to the organized, heavily armed right wing militias that are actually terrorizing people and threatening um, communities you know, yeah. it, it's nothing when you look at, when you're trying to compare that to, like, peaceful protesters marching for, like, racial justice. Yeah, it's it's not the same at all. Like, at most, property damage, you know, mm-hmm. water bottle thrown. Like, not the same as planning to, like, I don't know, kidnap a governor. Mm-hmm. Which also makes me glad to see that, you know, Biden's ahead in Michigan. Mm-hmm. It's after how Trump has treated Gretchen Whitmer yeah. is, I mean, he does so many awful, 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 awful things all the time. And this is another example of it, but it's, it's so evil. Yeah. It's, this is a person's life. Your words have an impact. You're a monster. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad that it seems like Michigan's not going to be down for him. Yeah, his refuse, his continued refusal to denounce QAnon theories, which, by the way, mm. now we have our first QAnon conspiracy theorist, Looney Bin, mm. going to be coming to Congress. Um, of, uh, so great. We love this. Mm. Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia. Um, just as a little side note, because I know I did this as a WCU, but, like, the Democrat there just, like, dropped out, and then no one replaced him, and I don't understand what the fuck happened there but I just would love yeah. someone in Georgia to sort of figure that out and then fix it for 2018 and run someone real yeah should we move there <laughs> I, sometimes I think about it it's like yeah. <laughs> but none of us want to move to places that are so filled with rural hateful people who continue to vote in like bigots and racists and like aren't listening to any like common sense. And I know that's not everyone, but it's, it's, it's enough people that the states that are in the middle of the country and in the South just relentlessly vote red against their own interests all the time. And it's exhausting. It's exhausting to have to try to pander to who in Miami, Dade, Florida are going to, you know, sell us out at the very last minute anyway and like fucking when is texas gonna turn blue i don't know but it still hasn't and it's 2020 and you know god damn it (laughs) what i know what when will this blue wave happen i wonder she wonders she wonders it's like you look at mitch mcconnell it's like he hasn't done well by his state like yeah his state is ranked very low in like all of the things you want to be working well in his state and yet he's back you know but i don't i don't know if he's gonna like physically make it for another term wouldn't Um, that be a shame so we'll see but it's like who would they choose to replace him i don't know yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh it's just one of those you know you know you know it's bad when you're thinking like okay what type of crazy shit could happen so that we get another shot at taking the senate or like Mm -hmm. what sort of irregularity is like i mean remember when 
obviously like Doug Jones was an interesting one or like on the, on the terrible side when Ted Kennedy died and a Republican Scott Brown won Massachusetts. And that was like, Oh my God. Like, but those types of things do happen. And so, you know, I just know that I sound pretty fucking desperate when I'm hinging my hopes on like, you know, like black swan events happening that might help give us an unlikely push to control so we could actually do anything. (laughs) Yeah. Fingers crossed. (laughs) Yeah. That's hard to know what we're supposed to be, what we're supposed to do in the next four years to move things in the right direction. It's like, are this, because it seems like the strategies we're using maybe aren't working and who's in charge. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? <laughs> How are we going to yeah. do this? And what's going to happen with the pandemic? And like, what's COVID's like long-term just as a disease? Like who's, who's she going to shape up to be? Yeah. I don't really know. Um, no. <laughs> if it's like, you could just get infected and infected and infected and infected. And like, what happens when you get infected again? Does it get worse? Are you, you know, Mm-hmm. And with these like COVID long haulers, is it going to be the rest of their lives? Are they going to get it again and then die? Like, what's we don't know. Um, we don't know. So we should probably <laughs> focus on that um, as well. You know. So hopefully, hopefully we can get that plexiglass in there. But even if it's like we don't know, there's still so much we don't know about the virus. But there's also the environment, and you know, all these issues that again, like I think we, I've. Beat, a, beat like a dead horse this this uh, morning, but you know these these issues that are going to come before that are going to come down to probably this whether the Senate's going to cooperate, you know, because there's a lot Biden can do, and I'm looking forward to that the um, executive order and whatever bipartisan shit we can get, but yeah, it's hard just not knowing what's uh, how it's going to pan out. And what's going to be able to, what are we going to get done and what, what won't get done and what's going to, you know, what are the ramifications going to be and what's going to be happening on the global scene, you know, what's. Yeah. Because when, when there's enough dysfunction for long enough, there's like, there are brain drains in countries. Like people don't come to this country to learn, to go to university, to take a job, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, the the world is going to start avoiding us and it's not going to be a place where people seek to actually be, to do research, to make change, to do any, to, to invest any businesses or time because we're just going to be a chaotic, unpredictable mess um, and, and backwards in a lot of social ways where it's not going to, other people aren't going to, you know, want to be there if we start rolling back gay marriage and abortion rights, which like are already two things that probably, I mean, we will not be able to add two seats to the court the way things are looking now. That was already a long shot, but it's certainly not happening. Um, I don't know. I don't know what will be able to happen. And I just also want to call out something disturbing on Twitter that I saw for, from exit polls, which is that in 2016, it looks like 52% of white women voted for Trump, but in 2020, it's predicted to be 55. So he actually gained ground with white vote, white women. Yeah, um, white women, stop it. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know what to do about that. I do not know what to do with that. Yeah, what's, <laughs> what's going on? Why, why the uptick? It makes, it makes no fucking sense to me. Um, 
as a suburban white woman. (laughs) Campbell said that he thinks the uptick was because of the defund the police phrase. Oh, yeah, that could be. That could definitely, I think that's probably part of it. You know, Mm -hmm. come on, white women, be better. Yeah. Be better. And then we have to be, we have to be better. We have to be better at messaging, but yeah, it's like, we all need to be better. (laughs) We all need to be better. But the thing is he's so bad that we shouldn't, nothing, you know, there's only so much self-reflection like I can engage in, in this election. We made the calls. We tried, we donated, we talked to people. You know, I called people in North Carolina yesterday morning and I kept the like organizer zoom on all day just to feel hopeful and like to know that there was this like groundswell of activity. And we made that, that group at least made like 75,000 calls in the morning and then reached 7,500 voters. Like there was a massive push to get every single person to vote in North Carolina. So that one, that one's particularly hurting for me just cause that was yeah. where I invested my, those awkward calls and being like, yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey there. Yeah. I did uh, Pennsylvania myself. So also feeling, well, we'll see. Well, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. And it's, I think we just, we have to, I mean, the next four years and four years after that and, the rest of time probably, but we just are going to have to keep fighting for these, for civil rights and (laughs) for the things that are right and best for humanity. And it's going to be like, I think a combination of like small and large victories as well as small and large backslides. And it's going to be an uphill fucking an uphill climb like Miley Cyrus talks about. Um, Exactly. Um, And I think, I think we're all hoping it would be more clear cut that we've got a lot of support and the Senate would be cooperative and blue and, but that's not how it is. And we're just going to have to keep fighting because there has been progress and there are, when you look at, the map there are hopeful spots and mm-hmm. what if we could do away with the electoral college in the next four years i don't know or <laughs> that would be we'll amazing see. there's some things we could potentially do <clears throat> yeah. but i think it's just we all need to make being an american citizen you know kind of a forefront of our mind kind of thing mm-hmm. and uh kind of be active and thinking of how we can make this country better <laughs> And it's yeah. going to be really, really hard and slow with some, uh, some, some backslides. But I think hopefully we can get there. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a perfect place to end it. Um, unless you have we'll kind of, there. well, I'll just close with one um, James Baldwin quote that I really was like, I stumbled upon it this uh, today because I was texting with my family and mm-hmm. feeling really really pessimistic um and feeling like pessimism as a form of like um Mm self-preservation is is sometimes helpful for me but and also feeling just personally offended by all the optimism (laughs) of like my dad (laughs) Um, i I do love that i love love, that guy love him both your parents two of my absolute faves but continue (laughs) but yeah the optimism was like too much for me this morning um so (laughs) Uh, but James Baldwin said, and I really think I might print this out and like stick it, uh, near my computer. Um, I can't be a pessimist because I am alive to be a pessimist means that you have agreed that human life is an academic matter. So I am forced to be an optimist. I am forced to believe that we can survive whatever we must survive. 
Love that. Yeah. All right. Hang in there. there. Hang in there, folks. (laughs) XOXO. (laughs) FJBUN.